House of Representatives. I was the first African-American to ever be elected to that post. The New Orleans City Council, first African-American to ever be elected to that post from my district. And the State Senate, District 7, first African-American to ever be elected uh, to the seat that I currently hold, which represents Orleans, Jefferson, and Plaquemines Parishes. That's Troy Carter. Just like he said, Carter was the first African-American to hold his former Louisiana House seat, former city council seat, and current state Senate seat. He's a Democrat from Algiers and has always represented the West Bank of New Orleans. Carter is now running for Congress in Louisiana's 2nd Congressional District. But just to clarify, if he wins this election, he will not be the first African-American to hold the congressional seat. He has a couple predecessors on that front. Cedric Richmond held the seat until January. Richmond stepped down from Congress to join the Biden administration, and his retirement prompted a special election. Carter is one of 15 candidates running to succeed Richmond in a primary election taking place Saturday. The top two vote-getters are expected to move on to a runoff election April 24th. This week, we talked to Carter about why he's running for Congress. I'm Julie O'Donohue, and this is the Illuminator Podcast. As I said earlier, Carter grew up in Algiers. He's the youngest of six kids, and his parents divorced when he was very young. My mother raised six of us by herself. Uh, She went back to school, got an undergraduate degree, master's degree, and uh, spent the next 35, 40 years in the the classroom as a school teacher. And, uh, And I think that's where I got my beginnings, watching the the, the struggles and the overcoming of adversity of a single mother who uh, raised six kids and refused to be a statistic. Carter was first elected to public office in 1991 when he was in his late 20s. He went to Baton Rouge as a state representative in the Louisiana legislature, and he made a name for himself as a defender of gay rights during the HIV AIDS epidemic. As a new and young representative, Carter filed Louisiana's very first bill to prohibit discrimination against lesbians and gay people in the workplace. In the early 1990s, many people were interested in gay rights because of a personal connection. They were gay, or they had a family member who was gay, or a personal friend who was gay. But Carter says that wasn't the case with him. He says he just felt like he understood what it was like to be marginalized. You know, as an African-American man, I know what it's like to be discriminated against. You know, I, I know what it's like to be to be ridiculed uh, for your difference or because of because you don't fit into the 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 the, the scope of what people decide is 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 normal or right. Uh, and I think there's no such thing as normal or right or fitting in. Everybody is who they are, and that's just what it is. That gay rights bill that Carter first filed ended up dying on the House floor. 
In fact, 30 years later, in 2016, Carter sponsored essentially the same legislation as a state senator. The only major difference was he added protections for transgender people. Here he is arguing for that bill in the Capitol five years ago. I've got two sons. I love them both. At some point, they're going to make me a grandfather. I don't know what the good Lord will bless me with, but I do know that it'll be my grandchildren. And if they happen to be gay, lesbian, or transgender, I'd want them to be able to go into the workplace and apply for a job and be judged purely on their capabilities, purely on the training and the education that they've obtained to do the job and not based on one's perception of their sexuality. This updated version of Carter's bill died as well. In fact, Louisiana lawmakers never voted to extend workplace protections to the LGBTQ community until the issue was essentially moot. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2020 that employers cannot, for the most part, discriminate against LGBTQ people. The justices provided the same sort of protections Carter had been seeking in his legislation. But in the interim years, Carter did pass some pro-LGBT measures as a member of the New Orleans City Council. He helped create a domestic partnership provision for city workers, which helped couples access each other's benefits before same-sex marriage became legal. He also helped get protections for transgender people added to the city charter of New Orleans. And in general, he helped beat back some bad legislation filed at the state level. In the 1990s, there was a lot of panic around HIV and AIDS. It spurred homophobic proposals, including a bill that would have called for people with HIV or AIDS in Louisiana to be branded with a special tattoo. LGBTQ advocates say Carter was always an ally, even decades ago, when it wasn't so popular. Several of them have endorsed him and agreed to do campaign spots ahead of this weekend's election. Here's Larry Bagneris, a prominent New Orleans gay activist, speaking in a recent campaign video. Troy, I don't think you realize what you did for my community. You not only saved a lot of lives in terms of HIV AIDS, but you saved a lot of families because you stood with our community when kids were coming out to their parents, when they saw the council person or the state representative or the state senator stand up for the GLBTQ community. It gave parents a second thought about throwing their kids out of the house, about disowning their kids, or about making their kids uncomfortable for being who they truly were. For that, I will always respect and love you. During his 30 years in public life, Carter has also been a stalwart for gun restrictions. Back in the 1990s, he sponsored the state law that created Louisiana's gun-free zones around schools. In recent years, Carter has had to push back against legislation that would chip away at some of those school protections. The Louisiana legislature has considered several bills to expand gun rights, limit gun-free zones, and even arm teachers. Carter has opposed all of those measures. I am a huge Second Amendment person, and I absolutely respect the right of, of people to 
to own and bear, bear arms. Um, but I don't think that we should be so willy nilly that, that, um, that we don't want to protect uh, our children and we don't want to create safe zones for our children that we don't want to, uh, to create those places where guns just shouldn't be uh, if you aren't law enforcement. As a congressman, Carter says he will have a few more priorities. He wants to erase student loan debt, and he would also fight for an increase in the federal minimum wage. I think we need a $15 minimum wage as a start tied to a CPI increase that allows it to to move forward as inflation does. Uh, We haven't had a minimum wage increase in many years. Minimum wage was $1.05 in the 60s. And here we are in 2021 and it's $7.25. Do the math. Incrementally, that's pennies a year. Um, Yet the price of rice, the price of eggs, the price of bread, the price of milk, childcare and education and housing have all exponentially increased. Um, We can do better. The American people deserve better. Um, So we need a, a, a real living wage. Another major issue for the 2nd Congressional District is what to do about Cancer Alley. Cancer Alley, for those who don't know, is a stretch of communities between New Orleans and Baton Rouge that is surrounded by large industrial plants. It's called Cancer Alley because of the extremely high rates of cancer and other diseases among its residents. The sickness is blamed on pollution from the surrounding industrial sites. Carter says more needs to be done to protect these residents. The 2nd Congressional District, as you know, has a great deal of petrochemical plants up and down the river. And people, unfortunately, are being forced to, to die for their jobs. And people should not have to die for their jobs. Uh, we should be able to, to work with a framework of managing the two, making sure that we have adequate regulation to make sure that we have early warning, that we have monitors, third-party independent monitors that are embedded in uh, these plants to make sure that we are providing as safe as safe a, an environment for the community while enjoying the economic benefit that they bring. Many other congressional candidates share Carter's talking points on Cancer Alley and the minimum wage and gun restrictions and LGBT rights. The 2nd Congressional District is overwhelmingly Democratic and African-American, so several of its candidates have similar left-leaning political views. Where Carter believes he stands out is his temperament. He works well with other elected officials, including people he doesn't agree with politically. This is why, Carter says, he has earned endorsements from Cedric Richmond, New Orleans City Councilmember Helena Moreno, former Congressman and current State Senator Cleo Fields, and even Republicans, like Jefferson Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang. He says he is willing to work with anyone. Steve Scalise and I have been friends um, for, for a very long time. We don't agree on a lot of things, and we don't have to, but we have to work together. Uh, relationships in the legislature matter. Relationships matter. I've seen bad legislation uh, pass because people like the author. I've seen good legislation fail because they don't like the author. And that's it for this week's podcast. You can find our previous episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. 
I'm your host and producer, Julie O'Donohue. My editor is Jarvis DeBerry, and our composer is Nick Wong. Please check out the rest of our content at lailluminator.com. Until next time, so long. By the way, Carter may have sponsored the gun-free zone state law, but he's also a gun owner. I have a shotgun. I have a pistol. I like to to go to the range and to the target and shoot targets. And I've I've taught my sons to be responsible gun owners um, and and to use weapons properly, to respect them, to never aim them at anybody, to never play with them to make sure they're properly cleaned, locked, and put away.